Hello and welcome to the podcast from the Foundation for Science and Technology. This week we're discussing heat pumps and what might be needed to roll them out across UK domestic settings moving away from gas boilers. With me to discuss that is Ashita Anand, Strategy Lead at National Grid. Ashita Anand, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me today, Gavin. Very, very pleased to be here. So before we look at heat pumps themselves, can you give us an overview of domestic gas boilers in the UK, which heat pumps might then replace? I mean, how many are there and how much do they contribute to UK emissions? Yeah, so I, I think when we're starting to look at the, the numbers, it can be quite daunting. I mean, we're, we're talking about almost 24 million gas boilers in the UK. So that it's quite it's quite a big number. And when we're starting to look at the emissions that we're uh, we're thinking about when we're talking about net zero, what is that? What is the contribution from uh, from these domestic uh, uh, gas boilers? We're looking at 20% of the contribution coming from from the domestic side. Now, that is just the domestic side, right? So heat actually has uh, a contribution of almost a third of the UK greenhouse gas emissions. So that includes not just the domestic heating, but then hot water, cooking, industrial processes and all as well. So it's quite, it's quite uh, substantial. Well, that is the problem, clearly a very big problem. And heat pumps potentially have the solution or at least part of that solution. So help me out here. What's the basic technology behind a heat pump? How does it actually work? We've heard this reverse fridge analogy, right? So what the heat pump's actually doing is taking this outside heat or the, the surrounding heat that, that it's got around it. So for example, ambient heat from the ground, uh, and then the heat pump increases that temperature in it and it feeds into uh, the home heating system. And there's different types of heat pumps that can be used as well. So there's air source heat pumps, ground source heat pumps, hybrid heat pumps. So as, as you can imagine, air source would take the, the heating the, or the, the warmth that's around uh, the air. And in the ground source heat pump, it's taking the, the warmth that's around in the ground. Uh, and hybrid is actually interesting because that's now a mixture of you know, air source heat pumps or a ground source heat pump with a, a natural gas boiler. So, so there's different options there, but the general idea is you know, it takes the heat or the air, the warmth that's around it, and then it converts it and increases the temperature, and then it puts it into the home heating system. And how do heat pumps compare with gas boilers? I mean, in terms of things like efficiency and reliability and cost and, and so on. Yeah, I think overall heat pumps are definitely, they're more efficient, they're safer, they're cleaner than gas boilers. Uh, and, you know, re they really, at the end of the day, use less energy too. Going into some of those specific things about, you know, the cost, efficiency and reliability, as far as cost is concerned, that is definitely something that's been flagged as, as a barrier. The upfront cost of a heat pump is about double that of a gas boiler. But there are processes in place and there are talks in place of how we can help reduce that cost. So there's things like government funding uh, that can be used. When we talk about efficiency, uh, heat pumps are actually very, very efficient. They're around 250% efficient and can be around uh, four times as efficient uh, as a boiler. And it's kind of goes back to that technology that we were talking about. What is a heat pump and how does it actually work? Because it's extracting heat from its surroundings, the input into it is really anything that's external to it. And then it's producing two or three times more heat output than the electricity that it's actually consuming. So it's it's very, very efficient. And, and that's obviously a plus. On the reliability side, the unit itself, the heat pump is, is considered exceptionally reliable and is a steady source of heat too. And in terms of physical size, are they more or less the same size as a gas boiler? Are they bigger, smaller? 
No, they can actually be they can actually be bigger because um they yeah it's just the different design but ultimately it really it really depends on on the types of options that you're looking for so something like ground source heat pump is going to be bigger than the air source heat pump but yeah if you're comparing it to a gas boiler it is bigger which um you know if we talk about the barriers that that is something that does come up as as a constraint in the stocks because of course space and uh, the size of the heat pump can can cause issues sometimes well, let's talk about some of those barriers. We mentioned probably a couple of them already, but what are the the key barriers to getting widespread adoption of of heat pumps, and, and how do we how do we overcome? Yeah, so uh, again, going back to that building stock constraints, you know, there's the space issues do come up, and um, there's there's again there's discussions about how we actually overcome that. It's it's understanding you know what are the different options for the different types of areas that that we're looking at to decarbonize that heat so air source ground source hybrid or even things like district heating so if you've got you know a really dense area then the district heating might be a good option so things like this actually do end up coming up when we're talking about the space constraints um, the other constraint for for the building stock is the fabric itself so uh, talking about insulation um, energy efficiency upgrades are required when you're when you're um, trying to install a heat pump uh, so and a lot of the housing stock in the UK actually has uh, not very good insulation right now. So I think the challenge is actually getting those upgrades to the fabric as well. Uh, another barrier that we've talked about is, is the upfront cost, you know, and again, it's not just the cost of the heat pumps. We talked about energy efficiency upgrades that are required and, and those can be quite expensive as well. And I think another key barrier that that we can, uh, we, we should focus on is just generally the awareness of heat decarbonization. I think people tend to understand what is happening with um, decarbonization of transport. So everybody understands what an electric vehicle is and uh, why we're moving on to electric vehicles. But I think that heat is a little bit um, uh, of a of a confusion for a lot of uh, a lot of people. And uh, when we when we've done a survey internally, there's about five percent of people that identified that heat is a main contributor to the UK's carbon emissions. So you can just see this a distance, a gap between where people think the problem is and what actually the issue is with heat decarbonization. So to address, you know, the, the upfront cost issue, I think it's we talked about financial incentives. So um, there's there's government funding. So for example, there's the boiler upgrade scheme that's uh, allocated about 450 million pounds uh, to help install low carbon heating systems, which is of course helping with the costs. You know, overcoming the this awareness challenge, it comes down to a lot about just un just passing on that information about what is the challenges with using um, uh, natural gas and how can electricity help with that and um, just being transparent about also the upfront costs and ongoing costs of of installing and running a heat pump but then also making sure that customers are actually getting the right advice for what their future heating needs are and i think this goes back to understanding the the different options for the different types of areas that that you would have to uh, decarbonize the heat at so there's a whole range of different challenges there and various things we can do one of the things you mentioned in your remarks was insulation and the fact that actually it's not just the heat pump you need to actually improve uh, the house can you well, first explain why that's the case, but but also kind of describe then what a what a domestic setting might have to do uh, if they were installing a, a heat pump. Yeah, so insulation is actually quite important. It, it's an, we would consider it basically an essential step into uh, into using a heat pump. 
And what that actually means are things like, you know, people doing loft insulation, for example, like the, even the smallest uh, or like double glazing of windows. I think these are the smallest steps that people can take to to get uh, insulation upgraded in their homes. But of course, it's 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 becomes essential because when we're looking at a heat pump, the heat that it's producing from a heat pump is generally speaking cooler than the traditional boiler, which is why you end up needing those energy efficiency, up, efficiency upgrades. And you, you really need to have that efficient home for the heat pump to not only just adequately heat the home, but also to make sure that the, the prices are, are kept down for the customer. So when we look at the, the price of electricity versus the price of gas, we of course wanna make sure that we have an efficient home uh, if we're gonna be using electricity instead of gas to, to heat the home. Just even generally, the energy efficiency is going to end up using uh, less energy for, for heating if, if, you know, if you've got the appropriate upgrades done. And then as a result, ongoing costs and stuff become uh, less as well. And of course, we've, we've talked about cost being an upfront, uh, upfront cost at least being a barrier, but then, you know, uh, ongoing costs can be reduced for, for the customer as a result. Yeah, no, I can, I can see that for an individual making a decision, you have a large investment to begin with, but then you save money over time. Uh, although you need to make sure you're in the property long enough to actually recoup that, that money, or there is some way of, of getting some value out of the, the upgrade that you've, you've made. And so do you have a feel what sort of percentage of the of the cost of doing this is the heat pump itself, and what sort of percentage is some of these other upgrades, uh, insulation, and so on? Right. So I, I think it's an all-in cost that I can tell you. So I think it it just varies depending on you know the, the dwelling size and the level of insulation that's assumed. But I think the typical upfront cost can range anywhere from six thousand to nine thousand pounds. Uh, and we've, we've talked about offsetting some of these costs and through government grants and stuff. So the example I'd given was the, the boiler upgrade scheme. So that allows about £5,000 to be uh, allocated to households that, that want to get that uh, heat pump upgrade. So I think um, while I, you know, I won't be able to necessarily provide a breakdown of what, uh, what that would be, but ultimately, you know, the, that boiler upgrade scheme helps contribute to that entire range of upfront cost. Presumably if we all suddenly switch to heat pumps, that's going to reduce overall energy, but it will increase the amount of electricity on the grid itself. So we will need to match the rise in heat pumps with available electricity capacity on the network. How are grids sort of, and the national grid preparing for this sort of higher need for electricity? Yeah, so we're, we're looking at the challenge of decarbonization of heat kind of hand in hand with the, uh, preparing for net zero so that, you know, not just include decarbonization of heat, but decarbonization of transport and decarbonization of uh, uh, generation as well. So these types of things are thinking we're thinking about hand in hand. And, and we've been preparing using, you know, some of the future energy scenarios, for example. So that's, you know, looking at the steady progression, consumer transformation, system transformation, leading the way. So these have different scenarios that lay out, you know, how many heat pumps could come on, how many electric vehicles could come on. All these types of scenarios are being thought about and, and we're looking forward into, uh, you know, between now and 2030, 2035, 2050, et cetera, to, to see what the impact would be. And what we're kind of realizing is ultimately investment will be required in, in things like new technology and infrastructure uh, and things like innovation will be pretty key. Uh, and we've already started on that innovation aspect. We've already started. So 
now when we think about the the business plan that uh, the national grid had the strategic funding innovation pot is focusing on specifically net zero challenges which of course uh, includes heat uh, some of the other things is you know we're valuing flexibility so whether that's supply side or demand side we're, we're looking at flexibility because it, it offers new solutions to, to network issues and we're also recognizing that you know solving this problem of, of net zero and, and even specifically decarbonization of heat this is not something that we can do in in isolation it has to be something that we're doing in coordination with industry and stakeholders and the government and and customers and um so that that's one thing that um that, that we have to do in order to prepare for any of this uh, extra load that would be coming on. We have to understand what the solutions could be for our customers. So that that's something we're actively doing. We've touched on this too. I mean, cost is a factor for customers. So uh, we're trying to find ways to support the local community. So an example is, you know, we've invested about 137 million pounds for the first time central heating systems that uh, are meant for vulnerable customers. And this was through the, the Warm Homes Fund. And then just, you know, smaller, but there's still quite important things that were that, that would be needed on the distribution side. And as you know, uh, we've acquired uh, WPD. So um, this is something that, that we're looking into as well. So not just transmission side, but on the distribution side as well. There's things like fuse upgrades that are required. There's um, the, the requirement for unlooping low voltage services um, to make sure that, you know, things like heat pump, or electric vehicle chargers can actually come onto the system. So that's a whole range of challenges. One of the things you you mentioned uh, in that was the importance of coordination, coordination with industry, coordination with government. Can you tell me a little bit about how that all works? Yeah, of course. So I think we have to be able to understand where our uh, need will arise and how quickly and how and, and when it would arise. And that's the way we can start addressing the network in that area. And we won't know that unless we are coordinating with the customers there, with the local authorities there. Uh, so that that's one thing, basically trying to understand where the need will come up. So we need that, that uh, bigger interaction. But then the other thing is when you look at local authorities, they also have their own net zero targets. And you know, some, some local authorities have said, oh, we want to be net zero by 2030. Some have said net zero by 2035. And so we have to be aware of what their goals are so we can help them achieve it as well. And, and that also gives us insight into you know, what's, which area is going to move faster, what type of heating solution would, would work best in that area. And the other thing is also understanding things about policy, like what policy changes would be required. And as a result, because we have these interactions with our customers, our local authorities, we'd be able to give, uh, for example, government uh, an insight into what kind of policy changes would be required in order to meet some of these goals that, you know, uh, that we've set for ourselves as, as National Grid, but then also what, you know, for example, a local authority has set for themselves. Well, let's talk a little bit about those policy changes. And you know, you've indicated people having targets for 2025, 2030, 2035. But over the next, say, five years, we know that we need to take action sooner in order to achieve these goals later down the line. So what are the actions you'd like to see the UK government take over the next few years, that some of those policy changes to help bring in heat pumps and, and also decarbonisation across the grid? Yeah, so, so policy changes is, is one aspect of it that I think we need in the next five years. So uh, a large proportion of that policy is still to be finalized. Like, you know, there, there's good things that are coming out, like the future home standard, like those types of things are actually quite, quite helpful. Um, but there's 
definitely other factors. So instead of just focusing on the policy, it, it's also about, again, going back on, on removing those upfront costs for the consumer. Uh, and again, government has you know, brought out schemes where it helps the customer pay for that. So that's, that's very helpful. But, and ultimately we'll, we'll, help, we'll see that helping uh, with the gas boiler attrition as well as heat pumps will become more economic as a result. The other things that I think are essential uh, in the next five years is also increasing the technical capacity to even deliver the, the uptake in, in heat pumps. There's a supply chain that uh, needs to catch up as well. Um, you know, the equipment and installer availability, like we're talking about more than 1 million installations per year if we, if we, if we go up pace. So uh, that, needs to, that needs to keep up. And again, energy efficiency, we've touched on this topic too. This, this needs to be a priority. We need to prioritize the investment in energy efficiency. This needs to be uh, kind of top of mind. And as I said, this is almost essential to actually going into installing heat pumps is that energy efficiency aspect. So I think these are specific things that, that in the next five years we need to overcome. Other important factors, I think specifically about targeting that awareness issue is, is making sure that the public understands what we're doing, why we're doing it. Because when we're talking about heat pumps, this isn't a solution that's done at you know a network level. level. We're, we're installing, the, or a customer has to choose to install this in their homes and, and they need to understand why, why it's happening and um, making sure that the consumer, consumer advice is readily available. We're addressing knowledge gaps and, and that's, that's ultimately gonna help drive the uptake of heat pumps. Really interesting, a huge range of challenges and we will have to see how the next few years pans out. That's all we've got time for today, but uh, Ashita Anand, thank you very much. Well, thank you, Gavin. Nice to meet you. You've been listening to the podcast from the Foundation for Science and Technology. My guest this week was Ashita Anand, Strategy Lead at National Grid, and we've been talking about heat pumps and how they will replace gas boilers over the next few years. You can find details of all the work of the Foundation on our website at www.foundation.org.uk. There you'll find information about all of our events, all of our blogs, and all previous editions of this podcast. Until next time, goodbye.